studios of WFAN. This is Mike Zahn, Francesca on the fan on this uh, Tuesday, the 12th day of uh, September, as we move into uh, the really the last stages of this uh, baseball season. And the Yankees found out that it's okay to go visit the city field last night, as they did, and got themselves a, a victory. They'll be there today and there tomorrow afternoon. Uh, Gray on the mound tonight against uh, the Rays and Snell. So, uh, and tomorrow it'll be Garcia against Archer in game number three. We'll do some baseball today. We'll have the Tampa owner with us. Stu Sternberg will join us later on. So he's obviously in town with his uh, Rays as they, well, this is his hometown anyway. Uh, do some football with Brian Billick. Uh, so we'll do a little of that too. Kind of put the wraps on week one, which uh, culminated last night with a couple of interesting games. I thought Minnesota looked good. Uh, I told you uh, forever uh, that I, I loved Cook. I've loved Cook. I, I, I thought it was ridiculous that he wasn't a first-round pick. I know that it was off-the-field stuff. You heard them relay the story last night that the Minnesota GM, who didn't have a first-round pick, went home that night and basically paced the floor, hoping hoping he would be there when he went to pick, spent an hour on the phone with Cook that morning, uh, believed in him, believed the story, thought the stuff wasn't true. Character assassination had cost him. And maybe, listen, he might have done some of the stuff too. I, I, you know, he, I'm sure he did some things, but nothing that was... You know, something that would be, um, uh, make him untouchable. Nothing that was so outrageous that you were saying, I can't go near this guy. He was not off boards, but he had enough stuff where people, you know, and this is a kid, unlike other guys, didn't sit out bowl games, didn't protect his body, played great in the bowl game, was always there for his team, took the ball all the time, never backed down, uh, had always been considered a great teammate. His coaches raved about him. The bottom line, though, is he got completely assassinated and had a lot to prove and went in there, and Minnesota said they could not believe. You saw him last night basically playing as a three-down back in his first game ever in the National Football League, playing as a three-down back, being in there all the time, being in there on passing downs. He did drop a couple of passes. He was a little nervous early in the game. He's a good pass receiver, though picking up blitzes, and then rushing for only 127 yards last night and showing an explosiveness that will make him a tremendous player. Plus, Bradford threw the ball last night better than I've ever seen him throw the ball. I mean, he threw the ball. He had an offensive line last night, but he looked great. Minnesota was impressive last night. I'll be interested to see how they do in what will be a, a very, very tough Week number two, but uh, uh, you know, as they go to Pittsburgh, but that way they look good last night. I really thought they were impressive, uh, and I know that New Orleans thought they were vastly improved, and they couldn't match up at all with what uh, Minnesota did last night. So I thought the Vikings looked good. I actually watched the second game, as crazy as that is, uh, and you know, I'm it's the same old sad song with the Chargers. They do just enough to lose all these games. I mean, that's basically it. They do enough to play well to get your eye, but they always make enough fatal mistakes to make sure they lose the game. I mean, that's that's really who they are uh, in a three-point loss last night. That got close, obviously, late. Uh, and uh, and that puts the finishing touches on week one. There were some big injuries. you know, But that's the way the NFL works. There, there's always big injuries. Um there's always guys that, you know, just devastate teams that, you know, really change plans. Um, and you had a couple of those in, in week one. Yeah, get ready now uh, for what will be a very important week two for the Giants. 
Uh, when you look ahead to Philly and Tampa Bay the next two weeks, the Giants need to beat what is not a bad line. You know, Lions were playing well last year until Stafford broke his finger and played with the broken finger. He was not the same player after that. Before that, they were playing well. Now they come back off a good week one win, and now they come here uh, on a Monday night for a game the Giants really need to get right now, get the one in the win column, get the offensive line straightened out, get Beckham back, get the running game going, uh, and move in the right direction. While the Jets uh, are, let's let's put it mildly, they are lambs to the slaughter going to the to the Raiders on Sunday. So, I mean, we know that in what will be a, I mean, I can't think of a worse place to go than to go take on that team that's going to be running up points on just about everybody this year in week number two. So that's the NFL. And, of course, the Yankees obviously have moved themselves into a very, this is the position that you wanted them to get to. They have a very favorable schedule in that they're home pretty much the rest of the month. And they have gotten themselves to the place that you really wanted to see them get to, which which was comfortable, very comfortable in the wild card host role, but still with with a chance to be able to take a run at, at, at the division title. Now, the one thing that has changed is Cleveland with this amazing run. And the most scary thing about this run is they keep doing it with incredible pitching. They score runs, but look at how many times they've had shutouts in these last couple of weeks. It's amazing. Another shutout. They now have moved to the top. They have passed Houston in terms of record. Now, Houston can still come back. It's only two games. But the bottom line is they have passed them. Well, that's what a 19-game winning streak will do for you. Uh, and tack on that Houston's lost games. So the bottom line is... That's where we are. So that changes who the wild card winner plays. You have the Yankees with a four-game lead as far as the wild card goes. Five-game lead over the second wild card team. Four-game lead to host the wild card against Minnesota. And still, you have them within reasonable range where with a good run they could topple the Red Sox. Now remember this there's a little bit of a double-edged sword here if you are going to pedal to the metal and chase the Red Sox down these last couple of weeks it is a far different preparation model to do that in the last 10 days of the season versus be in a position where you have the home field locked up against some very mediocre wild card competitors and to play the one game with a fully rested Severino on the mound and not having to tax your staff, not having to tax your starters, not having to tax any of your relievers, having everything set up the best you can possibly set up, getting rest for those who need it, versus playing every game to the hilt every night and trying to chase down a division title. That's the question about motivation here, in that, yes, it's scary to play that one game, but this year you're going to play it at home and you're going to play it against, let's be honest, Which one of those teams has a pitcher that could possibly win that wild card, has a pitcher that's going to just scare the daylights out of you? 
they have the best pitcher going in that game. Now, you also have the motivation of trying to stay ready from the Indians, but you know what? You can't worry about that in the postseason. The team you might not want might turn around and blow your doors off. You know, all right, good, we got the Ashes. Oh, great, all of a sudden they get hot. The bottom line is they're good teams, those teams. So you're going to be dealing with a good Houston team. You're going to be dealing with a good Cleveland team. They have pitching. They have star players. They are very well. You know, Cleveland's far better balanced. They're deeper. Houston has some big stars but they and some top pitchers, and they need to get healthy. But this is a situation where those two teams are legitimately good. They're both better than the Yankees and the Red Sox. The Yankees and the Red Sox are the next two teams. Both deserve to be there, and that's the best. That's the quartet that has shown you over this long season that they deserve to be there. Cleveland, Houston, Boston, Yankees. They're the cream of the crop. That's it. Those are the four that deserve to be playing in October. Somebody else will be, and somebody else will have a chance to break through that wild card game. That's where it stands. So the Yankees, we talked about this. This is really optimum for them right now. A chance at the division but a comfort in the wild card. And that's what they have right now. Doesn't mean they can squander. Doesn't mean they can fall apart. We understand that. But it is hard to see any of those wild card teams behind them getting crazy hot right now and mounting a real serious challenge. It's just difficult to see because, you know, let's be honest, they're not that good. And they'll, the Yankees are... They're better than all those teams. They're every bit as good as the Red Sox. But neither the Yankees or the Red Sox are as good as the two teams in front of them. And the other two teams deserve what they've gotten. And obviously Cleveland has put on an incredible display with this winning streak and with the pitching performance that they have. But for the Yankees, that's where they are. They get to play a lot of games in New York. They get to play 14 in their last 17 at home. So they're in a very good position right now. Uh, they, everything seems to be clicking. They seem to have a semblance of order restored to the bullpen. They seem to have their big guys at least where you're comfortable where they are right now. And things are looking very positive as they finish up these last few weeks of the season and head towards what will be a October visit that we hope is at least for more than one game. Will it be easy to win the division? Will not. No, making up that much ground against a team you don't play in the last couple of weeks, it's not easy. And the Red Sox schedule is not hard. So it's not an easy chore. But they do have the failsafe of a four-game lead for the home field in the wildcard game and a five-game lead overall. In a wild card. We got to get to everything else. The Yankees, your football, everything else that's going on. And we'll do it right after this word from the Mink